This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Hello, my name is Trey Johnson. Thank you so much for joining us today on Being Your Best with Trey Johnson. And I'm really excited about the teaching that we have today. We're going to continue on inflated faith. You know, a month or so ago, I was driving down the interstate in this place, and the diesel was almost $7 a gallon, and I thought, inflation. And on the inside, I just felt like the Lord spoke to me. I want my people to inflate their faith. Inflated faith brings inflated results. So I want to encourage you to call somebody, let them know to tune in, somebody that's really consumed by what's going on in the world. I believe that peace is just going to enter into their heart and their mind, and it's going to help them navigate through what is going on in our world today. Inflated faith brings inflated results. So if you have your notepad, your Bible, your pen, your iPad, whatever it is you take note with, I want you to open it up. I want you to get ready to take some notes. But before we get started, I want to go to the Lord in prayer today. Father, we love you so much, and we're just thankful for how good you are, and we just open our heart and mind to you. And I just ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to be strong and to help each and every one of us know you more, to be the best us we can be, to grow, to become, to develop, and walk in all you have for us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, if you would, go with me to Romans chapter 4. Verses 19 and 21 through 21, and that's where we're going to start. But I want to read the definition of inflate. To fill, to blow up, filled, increase something by large or excessive amount, magnify, to pump up, or to boost. So when God is saying He's wanting us to inflate our faith, now we got to go back to our fundamentals. When we come into the family of God, Romans 12, 3 says that each one of us are dealt the measure of faith. Measure is the Greek word matron, and it means the same portion of, that we are dealt the portion of the God kind of faith. We all start out on the same level. But then it's up to us what we do with the faith that God placed on the inside of us. Romans 1.17 says, The just shall live by faith. So we come into the kingdom of God by faith, and we're dealt the measure of faith. And He tells us to live by faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. But those who come to Him must know that He is, and He is the rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So think with me for a moment. If that's how we're going to please God is by faith, and that's what we've been given, and we're told to live this way, and 1 John 5, 4 says this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, and God is saying, I want you to inflate your faith. How do we position ourselves for our faith to be inflated because inflated faith brings inflated results? And right here, he's saying, I want you to fill your faith up. I want you to boost your faith. I want you to enlarge. I want you to increase your faith. Now, the definition of deflate, listen to this, to let the air out, to cause someone to suddenly lose confidence or to feel less important. Now, the devil's a liar. Uh, John chapter 8, verse 44, he's the father of lies, and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy and He wants you and I to lose our confidence in the character and nature of God. He wants us to get so focused on what's happening in the economy, what's happening in the government, what's the doctor's report, or any negative situation that steals, kills, and destroys. He wants us to lose our confidence in our Heavenly Father. But you know what? Let's make a decision today. I'm not going to lose my confidence in God. I'm going to keep my confidence. Listen to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. He says, do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence for it, your confidence, carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. It's important for you and I to have confidence in the character and nature of God, confidence in what He says, confidence that He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, that His Word still works no matter what is going on in this world. And He's saying, I want you to inflate your faith. Confidence is a faith word. He's saying, don't let it slip. Don't throw it away, but keep a hold of it. Listen to what our father of faith, Abraham, said in Romans chapter 4, verses 19 through 21. He says, and not being weak in faith or deflated faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he is about 100 years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. 
He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform it. So he made a decision of what he was going to look at. He says, I'm not going to consider the natural. I'm not going to consider. Now, he's not ignoring it. He knows that he's old. He knows that his wife's womb can't produce. He says, but I've got a promise from God and I'm going to not waver at the promise of God. I'm going to keep looking at the promise of God. I'm going to keep the promise of God in front of me. I'm going to inflate my faith with the promise of God. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So how am I going to fill my faith? How am I going to pump my faith up? How am I going to inflate my faith to bring inflated results? He says, I'm going to keep hearing the promises of God. And right here, Abraham shows you and I says, this is what I did. I didn't look at my body. I didn't look at my wife's body, but I looked at the promise of God. And I didn't get deflated by looking at my natural circumstance, but I got inflated by focusing on the promise of God. And I begin to give God glory. Father, I just give you glory for what you promised me, that you would make me the father of many nations. I give you glory that you always watch over your word to perform it. I, I give you glory that you've never let me down. You never leave me. You never forsake me. You're always good to me. I give you glory. And he goes on to say, and he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. So I want you and I to think about if we were to attach a monitor to our heart and let's say like your gas gauge or something inside your car, would I have a, a full faith? Would I be fully convinced? Would I be fully persuaded? Or would my gas gauge or my faith gauge be teetering from full to half a tank to a quarter of a tank to empty until I'm on the side of the road and I'm not going anywhere? See, our faith is either moving forward or we're going backwards. We're either growing forward or we are moving backwards. It's a spiritual law. That's why he says faith comes not by what you've heard 20 years ago, but by what you're hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And so you see how the enemy has, has just injected fear into the atmosphere through social media, through TV, through this, through that. And God is saying, I want you to take responsibility for your faith and I want you to inflate your faith so I can bring inflated results. Don't you agree that it was inflated results when Abraham and Sarah had a child close to 100 years old? Their inflated faith brought inflated results. And God is saying to you and I, regardless of what goes on in this world, inflate your faith and I'll bring inflated results the world doesn't change the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God supersedes what's going on in the kingdoms of this world. God is bigger. God is better. God is greater. He's still our provider. He's still our healer. He's still our protector. He is still our deliverer. And he's saying, inflate your face so I can bring inflated results. Now go with me to, to Mark chapter 4. Verses 35 and 39. And I touched on this last week and I just want to continue Along this line, because it's important for you and I to realize that faith is a choice. It's a choice. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 39, And on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and the other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And in verse 40, he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Now, we've got to remember these guys had traveled with Jesus and they had heard Jesus teach about the seed and the soil and, 
and the importance of the kingdom and, and, and your faith would say and how to take dominion and authority. And they'd seen him take the fish and the bread and bring multiplication. And they had seen miraculous things. But when the pressure came on, now these are professional um, fishermen. They'd been, been out on the sea many times and they let fear grip them because of what they felt and what they saw. And so they woke up, Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care the price of diesel and gas? And don't you care the price of electricity? And don't you care? That's what we would say. And, and they woke him up and notice what the word did. Because Jesus had his faith inflated, he took dominion and authority over the storm. Notice he, he, he spoke to the, the forces behind the sea first, he rebuked the wind. See, you can't see the wind, but you see the effects of the wind. You can't see the demonic spirits that are assigned to kill, steal, and destroy, to cause fear, but you see the effects of it. And Jesus, he took dominion and authority over the wind. And then he said, peace, be still to the sea. Just like you and I, there's some things that might be raging in your life right now. There might be some big storms, a, a negative doctor's report. Maybe you're looking at your investment portfolio or whatever the case is, and you need to take dominion and authority over the unseen forces behind it that are assigned to steal, kill, and destroy, and you let the enemy know, you don't own me, you don't control me, I'm submitted to God, I resist you, Satan, and you have to flee, and I speak peace to my financial situation, I speak peace to my family, I speak peace to my physical body. And when Jesus got done, it was just a great calm. I mean, you think, a raging storm? He said, peace be still, and then, bloop, you hear a fish coming up and grabbing the water. Bloop. Still. <laughs> and Jesus looks at them and he says, Guys, why are you so fearful? Why did you choose to be afraid in this situation? What did you do with your faith? See, we have a choice in each and every situation. Am I going to believe God or am I not going to believe God? Am I going to open my mouth and declare God's word? Or am I going to keep my mouth shut and let this storm overtake me? Jesus didn't say, now I'm doing this because I'm the Son of God. I'm doing this um, because I'm this, this special. No, no. He asked them, where's your faith? Why didn't you apply what you knew to apply? I want to encourage you to take dominion and authority over the situation in your life and begin to speak peace to your family. Peace to your finances. Peace. Stay in peace. Remember in John chapter 14, verse 1, he says, Don't let your heart be troubled. Now, now how can I let my heart not be a trouble? Because it's, it's my choice whether my heart gets troubled or not. It's my choice what I'm looking at. It's my choice what I'm hearing. It's my choice what I'm saying. Every one of us have a mind. How are we going to use it? Every one of us have a heart. Are we going to believe God's word or are we going to believe the lies of the enemy? Every one of us have a mouth. How are we going to use it? The power of life and death is in the tongue. Jesus said you would have what you would say. The half-brother of Jesus, James, in James 3, says our tongue is like a rudder on a ship or it's like a, a bit in a horse's mouth. And So think about, are you using what God's given each and every one of us? Your mind, your heart, your mouth. Now go with me to Matthew chapter 6 and... And, and let's realize that our victory is connected to our faith. Inflated faith brings inflated results. Inflated faith. So if, if I could, I would have a, a valve like on an inner tube or something on my mouth. And I'd have valves on my eyes. And I had valves on my ears. And, and, I, and I would just encourage you to, to hear God's Word and to see God's Word and to say God's Word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And, and that's how we inflate our faith. It's, it's according to what we watch and what we hear and what we talk about and who we're around. And inflated faith brings inflated results. Remember, it's a choice. How much do you want to walk in the power of God? How much do you want to win? How much do you want to overcome? And a lot of times we want to bring God down to our level instead of us coming up to God's level. We want God to do it our way. And how's that working for you? <laughs> instead of us doing it God's way. And God is saying, I'm wanting to bring inflated results, but it's going to take inflating your faith. 
Now, Matthew chapter 6, this is Jesus talking, and he, he tells you and I, he says, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. If your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness. Now, now think about, he's saying, what you look at matters. He said, if you look at the promise, just like Abraham, he says, I had, an, I had a choice to make. Either I was going to look at my body, I was going to look at Sarah's body and the condition and that she was 90 and I'm close to 100, or, or I'm going to look at the promise of God. And right here, Jesus is confirming that. He says, if, if I'm looking at the right thing, the promise of God, the answer, the goodness of God, the character. Remember, inflate means to magnify. And that's the job of the Holy Spirit. He says, I will magnify Jesus in your life. So when you read the Word, the Holy Spirit comes in and He magnifies the character and nature of God. And right here He says, if you'll keep looking at the promise of God and you'll keep looking after the character and nature of God and you'll keep looking, He says, you're going to be full of light. But if you look at the negativity, you look at the price of groceries, you look at the price of electricity, you look at the price of gas, and you look at what's going on in our world, you're going to be full of darkness. He goes on to say in verse 24, he says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. He says, once again, you have a choice. Are you going to look at God as your source? Or are you going to look to the government as your source? Are you going to look to God's promise? Or are you going to look to, to fake news as a promise? What, whatever you look at is going to determine what you draw from. I want you to think about that for a moment. Jesus knows what he's talking about. And he says, you can't serve God. And now, now think of the word serve. The word serve means that true servanthood is I'm going to serve him the way he wants to be served and not the way I think he should be served. You, you think about the people in your life. A lot of times we want to serve people the way that we want to serve instead of serving them the way they want to be served. We want to serve God on our terms. We want to go to church on our terms. We want to give on our terms. We want to forgive when we feel like forgiving. We want to do it our way. You remember what I think there's an old commercial, do it my way. <laughs> that doesn't work so good. And Jesus says, you can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and another master. Is Jesus really your Lord? Is Jesus really your master? Who are you looking at? as your provider? Who are you looking at as your protector? Who are you looking at as your deliverer? He goes on to say, um, verse 25, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Now think about what he's saying. He says this goes back to what you're looking at. He says, now, now make a decision what you're going to look at. And he says, and then... Take no thought. In the King James Version, it says, take no thought. He says, therefore, do not worry. This is not a suggestion. He says, do not worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, about your, your body, life. He says, don't, don't worry about the price of diesel. Don't worry about the food. Don't worry about the house. Don't worry about your kids. Don't, don't worry. And most of the time, if Jesus were standing in front of you and I, and he said, do not worry what would our response be? Well, I'll, I'll try. I mean, you know, grandma was a worrier and grandpa was a worrier. And, you know, I was brought up that I just, if I love somebody, I'm going to worry about them. Now, now, I think there's a fine line right here. It's good that you want to take care of your family. It's good that you want to pay your bills on time. It's good. But when you cross the line into worry, you're in sin. Every one of us have the opportunity to worry every single day. And this is what Jesus says, do not worry. But then a lot of times we want to sit down with God and say, you know, I know you said don't worry. And I know you said don't be afraid. And I know you said all these things. But I mean, have you looked at my bank account, Jesus? If you saw my bank account, you would be afraid too. Do you know my family? I mean, they are hideous. You would be afraid to. And Jesus said, well, you know, Trey, you're right. <laughs> I apologize. I didn't really think through everything. And so it's okay. You worry. 
No, no. Every situation, he's going to look at you and I, and he's going to say, why are you fearful? Where's your faith? Every situation, he's going to say, do not worry. Do not be anxious in the Amplified. It says anxiety. Listen to this. Anxiousness means I'm afraid of what might happen. It hadn't even happened yet. But we, by what we're looking at, if we look, oh, this, this could happen. It could happen that all, all hell breaks loose. It could happen that I die. It could happen that I don't have any food. It could happen that I don't pay my house. It could happen that I don't do this. It could, it could happen. Anxiety, fear, worry. Ah, ah. And it goes back to what you're looking at. Because when we look at the promise, see, the promise of God inflates our faith. The things of the world that are negative deflate our faith. The choice is ours. Faith is a choice. Let's keep going. When he says, do not worry, he says, take no thought. Now, now hold your place there. And I want us to go to Romans chapter 8, verse 6. And I want us to think about it. In the King James, Jesus said, take no thought. Now, I want us to think about uh, our believing. Let's think about our results. It's going to be connected to what we believe. It's going to be connected to what we expect. It's going to be connected to how we act. It's going to be connected. But where does all this start? It starts in our mind to inflate our faith. That's why Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, he says, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. He said, Change the way you think and you'll change your life. Proverbs 23, verse 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So, so think about it. inflated faith brings inflated results. Well, how do I position myself to inflate my faith? It comes by hearing. Well, when I hear a word, it creates an image in my mind. So the way I think affects the way I believe, and what I believe affects what I expect, and what I expect, it affects my attitude, it affects my words, it affects my daily actions, it affects my habits, it affects my character, and it's going to affect my destiny, but I've always got to reverse it back to my thinking. Inflated thoughts from God's Word, I inflate my mind with God's Word, brings inflated belief, inflated expectation, inflated results. So, so think about to inflate my faith, I've got to fill my mind with what God is saying. Romans chapter 8, verse 6, it says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I'm going to read it again. For to be carnally minded, in other words, I'm thinking on fleshly. Car car carnal means fleshly. He says it's death. Death means separation from God. So the way that I think is either taking me closer to the plan of God or it's taking me farther away from the plan of God. Now you can be saved, born again, a new person on the inside and keep thinking carnal thoughts Keep thinking, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? You keep thinking, you keep looking at stuff that doesn't line up with God's Word, and it's going to bring separation for it to be carnally minded is death, or I can keep looking at the promise of God. It says to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be spiritually minded, I'm looking on the promise of God. I'm looking on the answer. To be spiritually minded is life, the God kind of life and peace. And peace. And peace. Some of you, that's why you take the drugs you take, because you're looking for peace. That's why you work 24 hours a day, because you're looking for financial peace. Peace. He says to be spiritually minded. If we'll start looking at our source, who is God, we start looking at the promise of God and we start inflating our mind, filling our mind, boosting our mind with God's word. It's going to take us closer to the presence of God. It's going to take us closer to the promise of God. It's going to take us closer to the manifestation of God. And he says, this is when you experience the life of God. This word life is the word zoe. It's the, the God kind of life, the, the quality of life and peace. Listen to Isaiah 26, verse 3 in the Amplified. He says, you will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace 
whose mind, both its inclinations and its character, is stayed on you because he commits himself to you, leans on you, hopes confidently in you. He will guard and keep him in perfect peace whose mind, his mind is stayed upon him because he trusts him. Lord, I'm going to connect my mind. Go back to the storm. Go back to the boat. Go back to filling the waves and filling the water, rising up on your ankles. The storm is so intense. But if I keep my mind upon Him because I trust Him, some way, somehow, God is going to show up. Some way, somehow, God is going to provide. Some way, somehow, the angels of God are working. The Word of God is working. God is always faithful. I trust you, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I trust in the Lord with all of my heart, and I lean not to my own understanding. In all my ways, I acknowledge you, and you direct my steps. Where is He directing your steps? When your mind is upon Him? When your eyes are upon Him, when you're hearing what He's saying and you're acting upon it, we're taking steps closer to the plan and the will of God for our life. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, in the Amplified Classic, it says, And set your mind and keep them set on what is above, the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. Keep your mind on things above and not on things beneath. So let's go back. He said, pay attention to what you're looking at. Pay attention to what you're thinking about. He says, set your mind. It's kind of like if you, I don't know if you've done much fence work in your life, but if you have a corner post or something and you put concrete down to stabilize it, you set it. You let the concrete set. He's saying you set your mind on what God has promised. Don't let the devil have your mind. It's your mind and you control what you think. You don't have to think on fear and doubt and unbelief. You don't have to think on inflation out here. You can fill your mind with the Word of God and inflate your faith. And inflated faith will bring inflated results. He says, set your mind and you keep it set. God's not going to make you think anything. And as long as we live upon this earth, we're all going to be tempted to fear. We're all going to be tempted with doubt and unbelief. Like one guy says, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop him from building a nest in your hair. (laughs) That's the way it is with thoughts. Thoughts will come. Doubt will come. Fear will come. Unbelief will come. But it's your mind. We have the ability to pull down wrong thoughts and build up right thoughts. And Jesus says, take no thought about what are you going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. Let's keep go back to Matthew chapter 6, verse 26. And he says, says, if you're having a tendency to worry about these things, he says, look at the birds. Look at the birds, he says. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? He says, look at the birds. And I encourage you today, when you get done watching this, go outside, find you some birds. You're never going to see a group of birds up there with their feathers all flustered like this, and they're sweating, and they're coming out, and like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, where's my next worm going to come from? Where's my next? Oh, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to drink. I don't know where I'm going to get my next nest or my egg or, oh, He says, no, they don't even sow and reap. And your heavenly Father, think about that, your heavenly Father. Have you made your relationship with God personal? Your heavenly Father feeds them. Birds are not made in the image and likeness of God. You are. He says, aren't you more valuable than they? Now, God cares about everything that He's made, but He only made people in the image and likeness of God. People have a spirit, soul, and body. People. Now now you think, he says, so if you're having a tendency to worry, look at the bird. Look at the bird. You're not going to see him freaking out. You're not going to see him in line at the doctor getting antidepressants. You're not going to see him, you know, getting something to calm him down. No, no. He says, look at the bird. Look at the bird. Remember who made the bird? And he's feeding the bird. And you are more valuable. You are more valuable than the bird. Keep going, verse 27. And he says, And which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Think about it. Not one person watching this show, listening to this teaching, you haven't worried to the point that it brought the money to pay your bills. You haven't worried somebody to get healed. 
You haven't worried somebody to get protected. See, fear, worry, anxiety gives Satan the right to operate like faith gives God the right to operate. Fear is contaminated faith. So how do I get anxious and worrisome and, and, and full of fear by what I look at, by what I hear, by what I'm listening to, by what I'm talking about? Fear comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the words of the devil. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the words of God. He says, so which of you by worrying can add one thing to your life? So if if you can't add anything to your life by worrying, why do we do it? Now, every day, we're probably going to have an opportunity to worry, but we can practice applying God's Word to the point where worry, fear, it disintegrates. Uh, Psalms 34 it says He delivers us from all of our fears till we live a life of faith. But even when you're living a life of faith, you stay inflated in your faith by hearing and hearing and hearing and doing and hearing and doing and by watching what you look at and what you listen to and what you talk about. Verse 28, he says, So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow and they neither toil nor spin. Why do you worry? He says, if you didn't get the first time when I said, do not worry, and then I explain, okay, if you're worrying, you're not adding anything to your life. Why do you worry about the diesel price? Why do you worry about food? Why do you worry about electricity? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they need the toil nor spin. Look outside. The creator of heaven and earth, he says, I've clothed the fields. I've brought the, the, the leaves on the tree. I've brought all the color. I mean, you think of, of what an awesome job God has done at creating stuff. And he says, if you're having a tendency to worry, look at the field. Not only look at the birds, if that doesn't do it for you, that's very small, look at the birds. He says, look at the mountains, look at the trees, look at the field. And he goes on, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Won't he clothe you if, if he made the bird and he's taking care of the bird? And if he made the field and he's taking care of the field, he says, won't he much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So here, here's something to think about. If there's great worry, there's little faith. If anxiety is high and running, fear is high and running, it's little faith. But the more I inflate my faith, faith grows, comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, what I'm looking at, what I'm talking about. And I realize, okay, if God fed the bird, He's going to feed me. Worry, fear, anxiety begins to dissipate and my faith begins to get high. And this is how I overcome. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even my faith. So if there's great faith, fear and worry leave. If there's fear and worry, it lets me know my faith is not working. I'm not applying what I know to apply. He goes on to say in verse 31, Therefore, he tells us again, Do not worry, saying... What shall I eat? What shall I drink? What shall I wear? Now, now think about this. Do not. So if I have a tendency to worry, you can't beat negative, worrisome thoughts with thoughts. You can't overcome negative thinking with just thoughts alone. So, so picture, okay, you're, you're sitting here and, oh, oh, negative thoughts, or maybe it's about drugs, or maybe it's about alcohol, maybe it's about pornography, maybe it's about inflation, maybe it's about the cost of living, maybe it's about this, and you're sitting there, uh, uh, and you're wrestling in your mind, and your mind, your brain's cramping up because, uh, uh, uh. he says, no, change the way you think by opening your mouth. Do not worry saying, see, what you talk about, it reveals what you believe. What you talk about believes what, who's your source. What you talk about is, is, remember Jesus said, Matthew chapter 12, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you're worrying, start speaking what God says. My God shall supply all of my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Think about, when I say this, I want you to, to think about what you talk about. Think, I mean, think about what you image in your mind. So when I say black dog, what did you just see in your mind? You saw a black dog, right? When I say a red barn, what did you just see in your mind? 
a red barn. See how your mind wraps around words and it creates images? So he says right here, Therefore I say do not worry, saying, saying, because when you're saying what I eat, what I drink, what am I going to wear, how am I going to pay for this, how about the kids' school, how, what, what, he says, I'm, I'm, my mind continues to wrap around. He says, so start saying something different. Say what God's Word says, that I honor the Lord with my substance, the first fruits of all my increase, my barns and bank accounts, savings account investments are filled with plenty, and my vats overflow with new wine. He goes on to say, for after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. He goes back to your personal relationship with God. He says, if you have a tendency to worry, look at the birds. If you have a tendency to worry, look at the fields. He says, your heavenly Father, once you come into the family of God and He's no longer just God to you, He is your Father. Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 16 says, your spirit on the inside is calling out saying, Father, Father, Father means source. Remember when Jesus, He was teaching us to pray in Matthew chapter 6, the disciples come to Jesus and He said, Jesus, will you teach us to pray? Because they knew that's where the power had come from. He says, okay, this is the kind of the structure. This is how I want you to start. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He was saying, connect to your source. Father means source. And Jesus is saying, now, my heavenly Father, your heavenly Father knows what you have need of. He knows what you have need of. He knows that your house needs to be paid. He knows your car. He knows your life. He knows what you're created to do. He knows and He already has it provided. It says, He knows what you have need of all these things. Verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Your father knows. So if you have a tendency to worry, he says, look at the birds. If you have a tendency to worry, he says, look at the field. He says, you're, you're made in the image and likeness of God, and your heavenly father knows everything that you have need of, everything. And he says, but seek, seek first. What's he talking about? Go back. He says, pay attention to what you're looking at. Pay attention to what you're talking about. Pay attention to what you're listening to. Remember, it's a choice. Faith is a choice. But seek first what you, what you look at. What you put first is what you're going to draw from. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness or His way of doing kingdom means the king's domain. Seek the heart of God. Seek the mind of God. Seek how He wants things done. And He says, I promise I will add all things unto you. Notice He didn't say as long as it's not too big. He said, I'll add all things unto you as long as so-and-so is not in leadership. No, no. He says, if you'll put me first and you seek my way of doing things, my right standing, you just keep going after me. Remember, you're, you're, you're more important than a bird. You're more important than the field. He says, I know everything you have need of. If you'll just do it my way, put me first, I will add all things unto your life. And then in verse 34, he says, therefore... Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own thing. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. He says, so if you didn't get it the first time, second time, third time, fourth time, I'm going to tell you again. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow you'll have things to overcome then. But just today. Just today. Make a decision just today. I'm going to put him first. Just today, I'm going to look at the right thing. Just today, I'm going to put him first. Now, go with me to Isaiah 55, verse 7. So when I want to inflate my faith, I'm going to connect my mind to God's Word. Inflated faith brings inflated results, and I want to flood my mind with the promises of God to fill my heart, to inflate, to fill, to boost, to magnify the character and nature of God. Isaiah 55, verse 7, he says, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Think about this. So inflated faith brings inflated results and my thoughts are going to take me closer to God or they're going to take me away from God. And right here he says, let the wicked forsake his way, the unrighteous man his thoughts. So when you were separated from God, you were unrighteous. 
Think, think with me for a moment. Adam was created in the image and likeness of God. He was in right standing with God. But when he sinned, he was separated from God. So he went from righteous to unrighteous. So you and I, it says that, that because he sinned, sin went upon all mankind. So you and I, we were unrighteous. But when we accepted Jesus, he who knew no sin, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, 21, he who knew no sin was made sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We were separated from God. We accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and now we are made righteous. He says, but let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. So when you come into the family of God, you're the righteousness of God. And because of that righteousness, because of the life of God on the inside of you, if you'll listen, you're going to want to think differently. You're going to want to think on the promise. Your mind was not designed by God to think about fear and unbelief and lack and sickness and disease. That's why he says when you're recreated, you call upon the name of Jesus, you're recreated. He says now, renew your mind. Re, the prefix re in front of any word, brings it back to the original. So when I'm recreated, I'm in position to know God. He says now bring your mind and begin to think on the word of God, the promises of God. Fill your mind with God's word and it's going to renew it. It's going to rewire it. It's going to restructure it. It's going to, it's going to reconfigurate some things where you can begin to walk out the plan and the will of God for your life. He says, so think about if you are no longer unrighteous and now you're righteous, he says, forsake thinking like an unrighteous man. Before I knew Jesus, I thought about fear and doubt and unbelief and, and pornography and drugs and alcohol and everything that's separated from God. I got reborn on the inside. And even though I was still in some of that stuff, I began to think different. I began to forsake my unrighteous thinking and begin to have righteous thinking according to the Word of God. Simply means right thinking according to the Word of God. And my life began to change. I, I started walking out of it. Remember, the way I think brings me closer to God or separates me from God's plan for my life. How are you thinking? Inflated faith has to do with inflated thoughts, filling my thoughts, boosting my thoughts, increasing my thinking pattern according to the Word of God. Second Corinthians chapter, I mean, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, For God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. When you look at that word sound mind, in the Greek, it means a saved mind. That when I came into the family of God, remember, so we're, we're talking about our thinking. My life's going to go in the direction of my most dominant thoughts. I'm forsaking thinking like an unrighteous person. I'm forsaking. I'm not going to try not to think that way. I'm just going to start focusing on Him. Remember, this goes back to what Jesus said, what I'm looking at. And I'm going to begin to think the way He wants me to think according to the Word of God so I can live the way He wants me to live. And He says, okay, God did not give us the spirit of fear but of power, love, and a saved mind. Think about it, a saved mind. A saved mind begins to think like you're delivered from the power of darkness. A saved mind begins to think like a healed mind, a delivered mind. A saved mind begins to think like a victorious person. A saved mind begins to think God's Word. A saved mind thinks overcoming thoughts. A saved mind thinks conquering thoughts. A saved mind thinks triumphant thoughts. A saved mind thinks about the favor of God. A saved mind, Proverbs 21.5 says, The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness because you're, you're in right standing with God and you're filling your mind with His Word and now your thoughts begin. There's more than enough grace. There's more than enough courage. There's more than enough power. There's more than enough healing. There's more than enough finances. There's more than enough. There's more than enough of the presence of God. The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness. God has more than enough to take care of you and I. Remember, look at the bird. Remember, look at the field. Remember, you're made in the image and likeness of God, and your Father knows what you have need of, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and everything else will be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God and begin to think, save thoughts, and it'll pull you closer to walking out your salvation. Let's keep going. Isaiah 55, verses 8 through 11, he goes on to say, remember, so he said, okay, unrighteous man, forsake your thoughts. 
God will be merciful. God will pardon you. Run to him, not from him. Verse 8, he says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And then he explains. He says, I want you to think about my thoughts. I want you to think about my ways. Because a lot of times we hear this scripture and we hear it from a religious standpoint that we'll never understand God or we'll never figure out his plan for our life or we'll never experience, you know, God works in mysterious ways. And he's saying, no, hang on a sec. He's like, I want you to think about what's taking place. He goes on to say, for as the rain and snow come down from the heavens and they water the earth, they water the earth. And it says, um, and it makes it bring forth and sprout that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void without producing any effect useless, but it shall accomplish that which I please in purpose and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So he says, okay, yeah, you're separated. My thoughts, your thoughts, my ways, your ways. He's like, but I gave you my word to bring your ways up to my ways. He's like, just how I desire the earth to be fruitful. And rain and snow comes down and hits the seed and hits the earth and makes it bring forth and sprout, that it gives seed to the sower, bread to the eater. He says, so shall my word be. When you allow that word to penetrate your heart, you allow that word to penetrate your mind, you allow that word to do what it was sent to do, God says, when my word hits your heart and hits your mind and hits your life, it will accomplish what I sent it to do. It will prosper. In other words, you will become who you're called and created to be. You will walk out the manifestation for God's will for your life. It shall come to pass. He didn't say it might come to pass. He didn't say there's certain situations that it's just too much. He didn't say in a third world country, uh, maybe it will. No, no. He said it shall come to pass. God is no respecter of person, but he is a respecter of faith. And he says, I'm sending my word and I'm doing it on purpose because I want my will to come to pass in your life. I want your way of thinking to come up to my way of thinking. I want your way of living to come up to my way of living. But remember, faith is a choice. You've got to let my word do what it was sent to do. My word reveals my will. My word reveals my heart. My word reveals my mind. He's saying, so when you connect your mind to my word, it's going to begin to work not only in your mind, but it's going to work in your heart and it's going to work in your life. Inflated faith brings inflated results, but you've got to choose what you're going to think on. Choose what you're going to look at. Choose what you're going to talk about. Inflated faith brings inflated results. It will bring us up. Don't, let's don't try to bring God down to our understanding, our intellect, our way of doing No, no, let's come up. The life of God is in us. Let's come up. Isaiah 43 25 through 26, and, and I'm just going to kind of touch on this because, well, I'll read it and then I'll, I'll touch on it. We'll keep moving. He says, I, even I, am he who blots out and cancels your transgression for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance. Remind me of your merits. Let us plead and argue together. Set forth your case that you may be justified, proved right. So, so you and I were made in the image and likeness of God. And he says right here, he says, I am he who blots out and cancels your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. I will not remember your sins. I will not remember your sins. When I discovered this scripture, it set me free. Because a lot of times we want to keep reminding God of our sins. We want to remind God of all the dumb stuff that we've done. Now, Revelations tells us that Satan is the accuser of the brethren, and that's what he does. It's like he has a, an old Polaroid picture of your past, and he'll keep trying to bring it up. You, This is who you used to be. Remember what you did? You was an addict to this, and you made this dumb decision, and you did this, and you were with these people, and this is what your past... And he, all he has is just a remembrance and when you come in the family of God and you start to declare, God, I am, you separate my sin as far as from the east is from the west. You said that you're faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. When I ask you to, it's like you're ripping up the Polaroid and you're saying, that's not who I am. 
And God says, I don't remember your past, so you don't remember your past. You know, you can grow to the point and your mind is so connected to what God says that you grow out of your past and you have to really work at remembering where you come from. You have to really dig down in there to go back. He said, now think about this. As I'm talking right here, if you're paying attention and you're listening This word and the presence of God, it is making a difference in your life. But if you're sitting there listening and your mind is thinking about a cheeseburger, (laughs) your mind is thinking about a hot dog, your mind is thinking about lunch. What I'm saying has no impact on your life because your mind is somewhere else, even though your physical body is there. So think about this. The only time that we're being impacted by what's being said is when we're in the moment. We're in the present, okay? So you can ignore me, and your mind can be somewhere else. Pay attention here. You can ignore me, right? Not listen to what I'm saying. So why not do that to the devil? You forget God all the time. People forget to read. They forget to go to church. They forget to pray. So why not forget what the devil's saying? You forget what I'm saying sometimes. You forget what God's saying sometimes. So why not forget the devil? He's a liar and the father of all lies, and he wants to still kill and destroy. And all he is is a bunch of hot air anyway to deflate your faith and to stop you from being everything God's called and created you to be. He's a deflator of faith, and God is wanting to inflate your faith because inflated faith brings inflated results. So forget what the devil says when he calls you a loser. Forget what he says about your past. You were an addict. Forget what he says that you'll never make it. Forget what he says. You'll never have the money. Forget what he said. You can forget what I say, what somebody else says. Don't forget God. Forget the devil and keep connecting your mind to the word of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 3 through 5. This is powerful. So how, how do we Connect our mind to God's Word. How do we walk this out? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 5 in the New King James Version it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing every thought, every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So he says, okay... Our warfare, this is spiritual warfare right here, is that when a negative thought comes, I have the ability to pull that thought down. Now, now when it says into captivity and bring it into the obedience of Christ, it comes from a Greek word uh, where we get our word acoustics, that um, I'm going to like with the spear, this thought, when it comes into my mind, and studies say that we think between 70 and 100,000 thoughts a day, and he's telling us that we have the ability to bring every thought down into captivity and make it listen to what God says. And if it doesn't line up with what God says, it says you tear it down, you cast it down, you throw it down, you rip it up, you tear it down. Remember what Jesus said? Therefore, do not worry, saying, saying, change the worrisome thought, change the anxious thought, change the thought on the inflation, change the thought on the price of gas and diesel and electricity by saying what God says. So when the negative thought comes, you pull it down. It doesn't line up with God's Word, so you tear it up and you replace what God's Word says by saying. And then when you say it, your mind wraps around it and then it gets into your heart and you begin to believe it and then you begin to say it and then your mind wraps around it and it gets into your heart and you begin to believe it and you begin to say it and then you begin to have it because of what you're thinking on. God has given us the ability to make every thought that comes into our life line up with the Word of God. It's your mind. Nobody can make you think on doubt. It's your mind. Nobody can make you think on cancer. It's your mind. Open your mouth and say what God says and not what the devil says. It's your mind. You don't have to think on pornography. It's your mind. You don't have to think on adultery. It is your mind. You don't have to think on stealing, killing, and destroying. It is your mind. You don't have to think on the curse. You are designed by God to think on the blessing. It is your mind. Think like a winner. It is your mind. Think like a more than a conqueror. It is your mind. Think victory. It is your mind. Think on abundance. It is your mind. Think on health and healing. It is your mind. And what I think determines how I live. It is your mind. 
think with me. Paul tells us, okay, part of uh, the meaning of cast down means to throw down or it means to slap down. Now, this is pretty funny right here. I know that you're like me at certain times that you want to slap some stuff down. <laughs> there are times you want to slap some people down because what how they act like that. No, no, he's not saying slap them down. He's saying when that negative thought comes, slap it down. When the devil comes knocking at your door, slap it down. When that thought of fear and doubt and unbelief and addiction and sickness and disease, slap it down, slap it down, slap it down. Have you ever gone to a restaurant? It's kind of like this right here. Have you ever gone to a restaurant and you're looking for your name and you, you know, can we have your name, sir? Yes, uh, it's, it's Johnson. And oh, okay, apologize. Uh, you're not on the list. <laughs> what do you mean I'm not on the list? I, you know, I called, put my name down. No, you're not on the list. When the devil comes knocking, okay, and it's a, it's a thought of fear, let it know. You're not on the list. Slap it down. The thought of you're not going to be able to pay for your kid's school or your clothes or your house or whatever it is. Slap it down. You're not on the list. <laughs> you know what is on the list? Listen to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. He says, For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence, is honorable, is seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is lovable, whatever is kind, whatever is winsome, whatever is gracious, if there's virtue or any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things. Fix your mind on them. So he says, you know what is on the list? Good thoughts. You know what's on the list? Positive thoughts. You know what's on the list? Victory thoughts. You know what's on the list? Saved thoughts. You know what's on the list? So when he comes knocking, let him know you're not on the list. You can't get in my mind. You can't have my mind. You can't have my thoughts. You're not on the list. This is what I'm going to think on. I'm going to think on victory. I'm going to think on health. I'm going to think on provision. I'm going to think on protection. I'm going to think on deliverance. I'm going to think on victory. I'm going to think on overcoming. I'm going to think on conquering. I'm going to think on the goodness of God. I'm going to think on how many times God has showed up in my life and he's going to continue to show up. Inflated faith brings inflated results. It's a choice. It's a choice what you and I believe. It is a choice what we look at. It is a choice what we hear. It is a choice who we serve. You know, right now, your choice will determine whether you spend eternity with God or whether you spend eternity in hell. It's a choice. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 says that He knocks on the door of our heart. And if we choose to open the door, He will come in. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10, it says, If we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and we declare with our mouth, Jesus, you are my Lord, He says at that time, you can be certain that you're saved. First John chapter 5, it says, When we receive Jesus, we know that we have eternal life. We know. <laughs> we know. Do you have that knowing? Do you have that certainty on the inside of you that if you were to die today, you would spend eternity with God? Or is there that question mark? Or you have the mentality, well, I'm a good person. He doesn't say if you're a good person. There's a, hell is full of good people that never called upon the name of Jesus. God did not design hell for people. But when we choose not to believe in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that's where we spend eternity. If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and personal Savior, and you want to do this for the very first time, you want to settle where you're going to spend eternity. As we pray this prayer, I want you to pray this prayer with me, and I want you to do it out loud, no matter where you're at. Or, and I want you to believe these words in your heart, like your eternal destiny depends upon it, because it does. I want you to declare with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord with your mouth, like your eternal destiny depends upon it, because it does. But according to God's Word, when we do this, you come from darkness into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. You come from the family of Satan into the family of God. You're born again. You have eternal life. You are forgiven. You are cleansed already. God is just waiting on you to accept what Jesus died to give you and I. Can we pray this prayer together? Can we just say, Father God, today is the day that I make the decision to believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead to give me life. And right now, I accept that life 
And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, to be my Lord, to be my Savior. And according to God's Word, I am cleansed, I am forgiven, and I can be certain that I'll spend eternity with Almighty God. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time in your life, we want you to contact us. You can uh, follow the information there on the screen. Let us know. We want to help you grow. That's why we have the podcast. That's why we write the daily devotionals. You can sign up for all that type of stuff on, on the website, TreyJohnsonMinistries.com. If, you know what? And if it's on your heart to partner with this ministry, if this, if this show has blessed you, if it's added value to your life, I want you to consider to be a partner with Heather and I as we go around the world expanding the kingdom of God and shrinking the kingdom of darkness. Hey, I want to encourage you to join us. Be a part of the graces of God upon our life and let's win the world together. Remember, inflated faith brings inflated results. And until next time, this is Trey Johnson. God bless you guys. You're going to have a great week.